You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Breaking down everything Patriots. Now, here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Ball's placed on the 40. Less than 40 seconds to go. Zappy with a fake snap. Fake spike by man. It's intercepted. Oh, boy. Rodney Thomas. A Bailey Zappy fake spike leads to a game ceiling interception. That was the final offensive play of the day for your New England Patriots in the 10-6 loss to the Colts in Germany that was as ugly as it was unentertaining and boring at times, and it was not the worst interception of the day. That would belong to Mac Jones, a pick he threw at the goal line, grossly underthrowing Mike Gesicki, who was open for a potential go-ahead touchdown. Mac Jones' career continues to bottom out week after week in different ways. He's benched yet again, gives way to Zappi, so he could throw the game-ending interception there on that horrific fake spike play. This is the Six Rings and Football Things Patriots post-game show. Patriots fall to 2-8 and eight on the season, remain very much buried in the American Football Conference. And who better to talk about that burying than WEEI.com's own beat writer, Mike Cadlick, who joins us now on the Harbor One Hotline. And I have to ask a very pointed, simple question, Mike, because you've been very active on Twitter. You said that the benching of Mac Jones was a fireable offense by Bill Belichick. Please explain yourself, because I think I disagree. Uh, Well, that was downright pathetic. Uh, I don't understand what the heck they did, uh, but benching uh, one Mac Jones there. I understand Mac was terrible. I get it. He wasn't good. Uh, It was a poor... uh, It was a poor decision on the interception to Gesicki. I get it. Like, you can't do that. Having said that... You cannot, by like, it, you can't, it, it felt like Belichick really just taking the blame off of himself in that situation because the Patriots have ruined Mac Jones. It's over for Mac. Like, the, the what they've done here is, is pathetic, and I just feel like at the end of the day, what Bill did to put Zappi in that game was him trying to take the heat off himself and put it back on Mac Jones and to try and let Bailey Zappi bring them back. It, it wasn't fair to Mac. It wasn't fair to Zappi. 
Um, and it just sort of it, it brings them up met many more, uh, I guess, questions than answers going into this week. So I didn't like the decision uh, for him to do that at all. So for me, first of all, it answers a lot of questions. I don't see any way you can put Mac Jones out there to start the game against the New York football Giants post by um, that throw, first of all. And I again, I'm always uh, aware of recency bias is one of the worst throws I've ever seen in my life. Uh, on mm-hmm. the interception on the goal line, I, I don't know. Not, yeah, I don't want to. I can't sit here and sorry to cut you off, but like, uh, and I get it. And there's been a lot of people. You you said that I had tweeted it, and there's been a lot of people in the mentions saying as much that that I'm I'm somehow defending Mac, and I'm not. I just I I didn't think that was the time to make a move. If if they if they came into this week and decided tomorrow morning, Bill goes up to the podium and says, look. Bailey's our quarterback moving forward this season. I feel like this is the best of the team. Fine. Totally makes sense. That was put rough, you know, rough sledding there. But the way it all happened, it just, it, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to me. Now, do you buy into because um, conveniently or just uh, happenstance, the media was able to see Mac Jones going to get x-rays. Mac Jones was obviously asked about getting x-rays in his mm-hmm. media availability, said just a bruise, but then did, um, acknowledge when talking about the the poor throw that oh I'm working through some things or something like that. Do you believe mm-hmm. there is any injury consideration that is a factor in this overall story? Uh, I did at first, like when we first saw. I think it was Ben Volan from the Globe tweet out that Mac was heading to the extra yeah. room. My first thought was, here we go. They're 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 shutting them out. They're shutting them down. They're going to put Zappy to the podium. They're going to make, take Mac away from the microphones and not let him speak. And I was like, this this just feels more petty than uh, the pettiness, I suppose, throughout the rest of the afternoon, or morning, rather, continued. But um, once he came up to the podium, I was like, okay, maybe he was, you know, actually just, you know, nursing something aggravated. And so he just said it was a bruise. It clearly was precautionary for them to send him in the, the X-air room. So, um we haven't heard anything, and the fact that Mac just said it was a bruise makes me assume that it was negative, the x-ray, and therefore I don't think there's any injury concern, and I also don't think they're going to be able to lean on an injury concern uh, for him to be benched uh, after the bye week because, again, negative x-ray, Mac says he's fine. He did allude to working through things, but uh, still no excuses on the interception, no excuses on the way he played today. So, again, the fact that he came to the podium tells me that it really was an injury and not just them trying to shuffle him away from microphones. So, Probably dealing with something, but I don't see it having any sort of long-term effects on what happens moving so forward. I'm going to lean into the uh, tweets that are calling you a Mac apologist and uh, ask sure. you how you thought Mac played the rest of the day. Obviously, I believe it was five straight drives they opened the game that finished with a sack, mm-hmm. um, dealing again with Connor McDermott at left tackle, dealing with Cole Strange not matching up with DeForest Buckner. Like, There's other issues at play here. How did you think Mac handled the overall game in which he seemed to at times get a little skittish and do the run and then get sacked kind of thing. Like, how would you grade his overall play today beyond the hideous interception that may end his career? Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't great. Like, there was, I'm not going to sit here and say that had he not thrown the interception, that maybe they would have won the Like, I guess in theory, had he not thrown the interception, maybe they would have won the game because they would have went and scored. But yeah. um, no, it, it still wasn't great around that. Um, I think early, uh, they, you know, sort of, they really established the run on the first drive, which got them three points. Um, he was making some quick-ish decisions, getting the ball out in space to Demario Douglas a few times, but they don't call those plays to him nearly enough, which 
that's that's obviously a gripe on on the play calling more so than it is the quarterback. Um, but no, five straight drives, five straight sacks. I think a mixture of where their offensive line is at, given the uh, Connor McDermott at left tackle, and then Vidarian Lowe comes in. Adrian Clem did not make the trip; he is out due to personal reasons. I believe Belichick called it an, a health issue, so yep. their offensive line coach isn't there to coach them up either on the sideline um, or from the booth wherever he is. Regardless, you, you get you understand the point, and so. Offensive line is in disarray. That then speeds up Max's uh, internal clock even further because it's already sped up and it's been sped up steadily over the last three seasons. The fact that it's an even more disarray in front of him speeds his clock up. He gets jittery and in turn. He doesn't play great. He gets sacked, um, whether it's his fault or not. So he didn't play great. They've broken him. I said it earlier in the season. It felt irretrievable. Um, he then came out against Buffalo and played pretty well. But Three weeks now, again, three three more stray losses after that Buffalo win. Uh, they're just they're in a rough place, and it, it the quarterback is as well. So uh, to answer your question, I thought Mac was fine before that decision, and that made the the I guess the the whole thing awful was that was that pick. Weei dot com's Mike Cadlick joining the Six Rings post game show here on the Harbor One Hotline. Patriots did run the ball well. The offensive line actually, at various points in the game, got some of the best push I think we've seen all season against that indie defensive. Yeah, the run front. blocking was great. Pass block was still poor, but run was yes. Good. And uh, you know Ezekiel Elliott pointed to that post game when he was asked about the quarterback situation. He kind of deflected and steered into. I thought I, that was two. interesting. It was very interesting, and I was going to ask you. What do you think Ezekiel Elliott was doing there? He's an NFL veteran. He's been around the block. Mm-hmm. He's been in big games, big failures, Dallas-like controversy. What exactly was he steering into when he brought up that they have two good running backs and a good offensive line and run the ball? Like, What, what did you think that was all about? Well, he said that, and then Max Jones said something else when they asked him about the Hail Mary that tells me that some guys aren't too happy about the play-calling situation. And I don't know if that's them deflecting their poor play or trying to find a scapegoat or blame, but... Uh, the Patriots running game, like you said, was awesome. I think they ran for 100-something yards on like 30-something carries, and whenever they ran for like five, six yards a pop throughout the game. So uh, the run game was awesome. I didn't think they relied on it nearly enough. They started the game with it. They ended the game with it. But in the middle uh, sort of portions of that game, they, they didn't really run the football despite it being a one-score game. They were just kind of having Max throw it, and it wasn't working. And so uh, with Zeke saying that, that kind of made me think that he was trying to say the same thing I just said, is that let's run the football to try and win these games. Like, we showed and we realized that we have two solid running backs who can run the football and keep us in a football game. Uh, So that felt like a shot at the play calling. And then Mac Jones as well. uh, Sophie Weller from A to Z Sports asked Mac if, uh, what I guess, what he saw from – or what he thought of at the end of the first half when they decided not to throw him there and instead they basically just threw a bubble screen to Pop Douglas and tried to make him uh, get in the end zone like it was a punt return with time running out. And Mac basically said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we did that. Um, we, had a, we had 60 yards to make it. And uh, he basically said he didn't know. He had no clue why they made that call. So it feels like there's a little bit of aggravation from uh, the offensive play uh, playmakers um, with their play caller. Bill Belichick had an interesting comment that I'm going to add to the list of slogans for Six Rings T-shirts. This one was, uh, I just thought it was time for a change. Uh, I agree with him on a lot of levels. Uh, What do you expect is going to unfold in the next 24, 48, 72 hours as you head into the Patriots bye week? They get back from Mm -hmm. 
Germany? Are we going to get anything dramatic? As you, and and I, Bill Belichick could be related. Mac Jones could be related. The quarterback. What do you expect um, in the coming days and weeks? Um, I think at this point they have to make a change at quarterback. Uh, I think that what they did today with that decision, that was Belichick saying, you know what, it's done. The time is up. It is time to make a change. I personally think he did it too soon, and I think he still made a rash decision. Not because Mac doesn't deserve to be benched, but that Bailey Zappi's not good enough. Um, If they make a change, it would not shock me if they go to a guy like Will Greer. I just think that um, they haven't seen it with him yet. They've seen it with Mac. They've seen it with Zappi. They know they're not good enough. They haven't really seen it with Greer yet. The season's over. They're 2-8. and Why not get, and I get it, and that, frankly, that's not very fair to Will Greer either because he comes in here with the same situation these guys have and say, hey, this is your, you're 28 years old and this is your NFL tryout with a poor offensive line and poor skill players. But um, they don't know what, they don't know what they have in Mack and Zappi. So maybe they go to Greer. Um, But I find it hard to believe that they can turn back to Mack again. And I think if you gave Belichick some troop serum, he might not bench Mac Jones in that situation because I don't think it's very wise of them to turn away from him because I still think he's their best available option. Either way, it's going to be interesting in the next few days, next few weeks. He is Mike Cadlick, weei.com. Hey, he wait, Andy, have... I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Yep. Do you think they should have benched Mac for Bailey Zappi at the end of this game? Um, I probably would not have, um, okay. but that throw was hellaciously bad. I have. Oh, yes, it was terrible. Yep. You know, desperate times, desperate measures. That was as bad a throw as I think I've ever seen on an NFL field, or it's in the top five. And so, I, I, I being the emotional guy that I am, I might have said, "Sit your ass down. I'm not letting you make another play like right. that. I don't care who's behind you. We're going to give that guy a shot." So I might have, um, but it did surprise me a little bit. I perked up a little bit when they started saying he was warm. Bailey Zappi was warming up, and that right. he was going into the game. It did surprise me a little bit. But whether we have surprises or status quo in the coming days, Mike Cadlick will be there in weei.com to blog it, write about it, talk about it. Join us on Six Rings as he does each and every week, and we appreciate you joining the Six Rings post-game show here, Mike. Have a good night because we have a weird day where, hey, we get to watch 4 o'clock football. Yeah, it's good stuff. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. Thank Talk you. to you soon. This is the final hour of the Six Rings post-game show here on WEEI. Joining us there was Mike Cadlick, and after we get back from this quick break, we will talk to Christian Fourier, former Patriots tight end and host of the Gresh and Fourier show, and he has some very interesting opinions on Mac Jones that I know you will want to stick around to hear. So be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Max stinks. Yeah, yeah. We don't have Fitzy, but we can still have bad singing and mocking rejoiners here on the Six Rings post game show as we have a continued uh, fiesta of frustration, I'll say. I know it was in Germany, but I don't speak German, so I'll go Spanish. Uh, Patriots lose 10 6 to the Colts in Germany. Mac Jones gets benched after. 
Arguably one of the worst interceptions you will ever see, one of the worst throws you'll ever see on an NFL football field. And in that uh, vein, we will bring in an expert in that area, Christian Fourier, longtime NFL tight end. He's caught great passes. I'm sure he's caught some bad passes in his day. And Christian joins us on the Harbor One hotline. And Christian, you tweeted that you can't believe how bad that throw was <laughs> with you. Is that is that one of the worst throws you've ever seen? I, I cannot, I can't get over it. I can't, I keep watching it. Other people are tweeting it. I respond to it. I retweet it myself. Like I grab the video. It is, it's beyond bad. I'm like, okay, maybe he's hurt. He isn't. Hey, maybe he's, he just threw it because he's got money on the line. He, he isn't, he didn't. It's just, and there's no, he wasn't rushed. He wasn't forced. It was so bad. It was so short. It was so flat. I think at that point in time, I'm like, man, I don't even know who this guy is. Like, he is just a – I think this is an, an, a walking, talking, shining example of someone literally being a shell of themselves, right? <clears throat> People throw that line around all the time. Like, that's what being a shell of yourself looks like. Like, that's an example. Like, save it for your kids. You know, use it, use it as some sort of guide. It was horrible. It was. And I thought he was a broken quarterback last year at times in the whole – experiment debacle with Matt Patricia I now think he's a broken man I think it has taken it to the next degree I thought he was borderline um going to cry in his post-game press conference I actually mm-hmm. felt bad for him um but yeah. did you agree did you agree with the decision to bench him and go to Bailey Zappi for that final last ditch effort drive oh yeah yeah and and I think it's uh because at, at that point in time like, what do you, what do you think? It's predictable. Like, what do you think's going to happen? Like, wh- why would you bet on him? Why would you force it? That to me is right. just being real mean, sending him out there again. <laughs> and, and, and doesn't it kind of show you? Think about this. So, Bailey Zappi hasn't played all year. <clears throat> they cut him, they brought him back. They keep trying to find people to take his spot. Uh, he didn't even suit up one day, whatever. Emergency quarterback hasn't played forever. He's sitting around the whole game, and there's less than two minutes left or whatever it is. And they still rather go to him. They still rather go to him yep. based on what their other option was, which was Mac Jones. Because reality is, hell, you've gone this far. You might as well see it through. What's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's this bad. You might as well just, you know, let it finalize itself. But no, they won't even put him in that situation. I, so I, I feel like it is. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so let's expand on that. Your sniffer. Because um, I trust it both as a uh, veteran of the media and talk radio, but also a veteran of NFL locker rooms and teams and coaches and everything that goes on. We've had this little, oh, Mac went to the x-ray room. I- is he hurt? Is he dealing with a bruise? Was that um, conveniently done in view of the media? Is that a factor in who starts against the Giants after the bye? Like, what do you make of the injury and who starts after the bye? Man, if I was him, I'd be praying for to, to be able to use an injury as an excuse. I'd be dying for it. Anything to take the heat off of me being just a crappy quarterback. I wish I could blame it on an injury. I do. I mean, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Why'd you leave it right. short and flat? I, my shoulder wouldn't move. That's why I looked at it again. I was like, maybe he just literally tried to, but the messages from his brain to his shoulder wouldn't work because he's got a torn rotator cuff, you know? Uh, but he said at post game that he was fine, you know, and we would have heard x-rays show X, Y, and Z, but we didn't. So that to me, that's no excuse. Um, and I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's any sort of, 
you know, the cloak and dagger game. Uh, you know, it's, it's it, cause you know what? It's just too obvious. It's too obvious to hide behind an injury when every single, every single sign shows that he's just done. And I will say he had so many near fatal accidents, right? I'll call them near misses. You're driving yep. down the street, you're minding your own business and some car flies in front of you and you, you, you slam on the brakes and you go, Oh my God, I was like, geez, my whole life flashed in front of my eyes. He had a couple of those. Oh yeah, and you mean the left-handed underhand? The, the yeah. left-handed underhand, yeah. throw it up in the air to to Ramondre Stevenson. It could have been an easy pick six. Like, yeah, yeah, he fl- that's when he got he yelled flirted. at. Isn't yeah, that when he, he got, got yelled at? That is when he got yelled at, and he deserved to get yelled at. He also deserved to get yelled at on the possession in the red zone before the interception when he tried to throw an interception. He missed Hunter Henry poorly behind him hit a uh, Colts defensive back in the hands the guy dropped it and you were lucky um yeah he didn't he didn't play well um I have believed for weeks for me personally the end came in Dallas I saw all I needed to know in that Dallas debacle and like I was surprised it's now bottomed out even worse but to me the end result has been known for a while now you're you're in the market for a quarterback you need to find a quarterback and along those lines the guy making all these decisions isn't Bill Belichick. We know that. It's Robert and Jonathan Kraft. They were in their poofy coats sitting in the uh, owner's box at this Frankfurt <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But somebody brought something up to me on Twitter that I found interesting, and I want to get your perspective on because obviously Robert, um, this was a game like 10 years in the making. He wanted to bring his team to Germany. Their, that's their home base, international, whatever, territory and they had the Patriot House, and Robert addressed the fans and was over there and interacting with everybody. And a, a, a person contacted me on Twitter and was like, and I'm assuming they're really a season ticket holder, said, how come he talks to the fans over there and he has time to answer questions and interact with the fans over there? When's he going to do something besides a letter to season ticket holders, people on this side yeah. of the Atlantic Ocean? Do you think we're reaching the point where Robert Kraft needs to be out there front and center, not just talking about Germany and to the NFL network, you know, thousand six hour plane flight away. Does he need to be out in front of whatever the hell is going on with his team over the next two months here in New England with his fan base? No, I, I don't. And I think, you know, I understand why he would do it in Germany. It's a one off situation. It's special. It's different. Like Kraft is not like John Henry. I mean, he's around. I mean, he may be, you know, you know, kissing babies and shaking hands, but he's available, and he and he he allows himself to be in the mix. Him jumping into the fray now, I think, would cause some problems. I think everyone, like, if somebody jumping in and being like, you know, we want this. I keep telling you, we want more. Well, he did it before the game. He talked to Rich Eisen. You know, he yeah. talked to Rich Eisen. Hey, we thought we'd be better. That's all he should do. Keep it real broad and vague, not be specific about anything, because that's when I think you could have some problems. Like, I think everyone needs to be real careful about what they say and how they say it, because if there is going to be some parting of the ways, then I think everybody wants it to be on good terms. Now, if it starts getting personal, then I definitely think each side is going to dig in, dig in a little bit and kind of, I'll get all my ammo, you get your ammo, you know, and it'll be spy versus spy. You know, I just don't think it'll work. So you lived the Cam Newton 2021 season where everybody, including you guys, were asking, why is Cam still starting? Why don't you try something different? Why don't you go to Jared Stidham? What do you think we are going to get out of Bill Belichick, both verbally and in terms of actions in the coming weeks? Because I think it's clear media and fans are aligned. 
They want a pound of flesh, right? They want change. They want something to happen. The quarterback, the coach, like everybody's frustrated. It feels like something needs to give. What are we going to get from Bill Belichick, both in terms of what he says and what he does? Let's just say over the next two weeks. Okay, so I was thinking about this. One, I think it's either Zappi or Greer is going to start. Okay. Now, I don't think he would give that away for strategic reasons. Like, why let anybody know? Why let the Giants know who your starter is going to be? Right. Because it just they need to know who to prep for. So let that be an unknown. Um, but at the same time, I sit there and go, why? Why? Maybe he does just come up there and say, you know, uh, Will Greer is going to be our quarterback. Right, and he just and, and he just drops it that way, and I, I think most people would, would be floored if they heard that. But uh, I, I, so I'm torn. But I just know this that it ain't going to be Mac Jones because I actually think Andy that I think that his teammates want to change his teammates because they are beaten, they are being burdened with defending this guy that is undefendable. Like you can't defend him now. You can't like what does Hunter Henry say? Like, what does he say? What does Lawrence Guy say? What does Matthew Slater say to protect this guy, to defend him? You're really going to the point where, listen, he just, we just all got to love on him. We got to love on him. He's our brother. You know, we got to stick with him. I'll never give up on him. You know, I don't know what you say. You can't sugarcoat this anymore. You can't blame anybody else anymore. Um, It's so obviously him that, you know, uh, the offensive line is probably asking for an apology based on the brunt of the blame that they were getting for the past four weeks. And they've been playing decent. Well, I didn't think they played horrible. I thought he was holding on to the ball too long for a lot of those sacks. Yeah, they had the the five straight drives end in sacks. I thought it was split. I thought there were some struggles with the line, and then I thought there were a couple that were absolutely on Mac. And in that uh, area, I wanted to ask you, did you see the comments from Ezekiel Elliott when he was asked about the quarterback situation and should there be a change? And he said, well, what I do know is we have two good running backs and a good offensive line, and we ran the hell out of the ball today, blah, 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 blah. And I found that interesting. Some people read that as a shot at Bill O'Brien and the coaching and the play calling. I wondered if it's what you're talking about. I'm not going to talk about the quarterback, but I'll tell you this. We did our job today. We ran the hell out of the ball, Ramondre and I. The offensive line got probably the best push they've gotten all year. I almost felt like that was his way of saying, you know, you should be able to run some play-action passes the way we ran the ball today. You should be able to have a more balanced offense the way we ran the ball today. I thought that was actually as close as you'll get to a teammate saying, yeah, maybe we do need a change at quarterback. Maybe Mac ain't the guy. Yeah, I don't even see it that way. I feel like, you know, I think they want to, I think they personally want to avoid talking about Mac as much as possible, thus piling on. They see him just like we see him. Imagine what he is, what he's like, what he's going to be like on the bus, on the plane, uh, you know, on the bus back to the, you know, imagine what, so they all see that. So they, I think they want to stay away from it. So instead of even commenting or instead of even like mentioning it, they just focus on the only thing they can focus on, which is the things they did well. That's the way I look at That's how the way I would have handled it. I would have just avoided it as much as possible. Like, cause I would sit there and to myself say, Mac doesn't need anybody else talking about him. He doesn't need it. Not that I've ever had a season that as bad as he is having, but I've had some strings of weeks where I'm like, holy crap, dude, I suck. You know, and I've told myself that, and I've just been waiting. You just, you just gotta keep going till you play out of it, and sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But he's not. The more they play him, the worse it's going to get. I've been saying this for weeks. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And he got worse again. So I don't think it, anyone thought that. Go ahead. 
it's it's interesting you bring that up because we often say to you, you know, based on your long career and your experiences, you know, you've been on good teams, you've been on bad teams. Have you ever been on a team this bad? Not two and eight. Not two and eight. Um, I've gone through stretches where we've lost, you know, four or five games in a row and, you know, but we always finish like, you know, seven and nine, you know, eight and eight, something like that. Something to that extent where, you know, we were always kind of, you know, mathematically in it. So, but we knew we sucked, you know, and we would always do something stupid to like, and, and, and I remember asking that to Hunter Henry, like, do you ever just sit there and tell yourself, um, you know, uh, Hey, we suck or something like that, you know? And he said, no, I would always say that to myself. I was like, God, we suck. Like why you, we can't admit that we suck. So, um, but you know, it's one of those things where I just don't know what they do now. You know, I, I don't know what they do. Like they're going to wake up in the morning and get back and Bill is going to have to make this decision. Like he's just going to have to just say, you're, you're done. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I think they are done. I think I don't think you can put Mac out there against the the Giants as the starter. I don't know who the answer is if it's Will Greer, give him his shot, whatever. Uh but I also think the other issue we're going to just be monitoring is flat out, you know my phrase from early in the year that we've been using in six rings. We're not tanking. We truth just never mean. <laughs> no, well that is yeah. This is an offshoot of that. The truth is never mean and we're not tanking, we just suck. And I do wonder how that's going to play out in the final seven weeks. Not just the coaching and the quarterback, but all of these guys are professionals, but as you said, you never went through this. This is a team that's going to lose a lot of football games. It seemingly finds ways to get uglier and more painful uh by the week, more embarrassing by the week, more uninspired by the week and they're going to have to answer questions about losing and tanking for the next two months and that's something we've never been through around here i've never been through that five and eleven i was around for that i don't remember the dick mcpherson one in 15 years that's a long 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 time ago and that's the reality and i am i'm not necessarily happy about it but it's going to be really interesting to see how these veterans these leaders and this team handles this adversity that is as about as low as you can get in the National Football League, right? Yeah. Are they officially the worst team in the NFL right now? I mean, I no. feel like they are. No, the Cardinals and the the Panthers are still one-win football teams, you're, so you're above them. Um, but you're you're in the bottom two or three. And by the way, the Cardinals get Kyler Murray back, their supposed franchise quarterback, so they could win a couple games. That theoretically makes them better. So, yes, you're among the three worst teams in football right now. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Well, it's just, I think, the, so the biggest story the next two weeks, since they don't have a game, is going to be just Mac and Bill. It's going to yep. be Mac, Bill, and Kraft. Those three people and how they're tied together and what does it mean. You know, because if if I'm Bill, I mean, if I'm Kraft, like nothing's changed. Nothing's changed for me, uh, especially with the news confirmed that his contract is like, you know, probably at the end of 2024, it looks like. But he ain't going to get fired in the middle of the season. I agree with that. And you mentioned it's Mac, it's Bill, and it's Robert. I think there's going to be one man standing after this season, and his name is Robert Kraft because he's the owner, and owners own, and everybody else rents and uh, (laughs) bides their time. Uh, I appreciate you giving me some of your time, Christian Fourier, filling in for Fitzy here to give us his thoughts on the Patriots' 10-6 loss. That just season just gets uglier by the game. Uh, If he had the under, you're a winner. 
If you had, the, well, we're all losers in that game. Where anyone who watched that game felt like a loser. He's Christian Fourier. He is not a loser. Appreciate right, you joining well, the Six it. Rings post game show. Tune in tomorrow, ten to two on W E E I to he hear Christian and Andy Gresh break down the latest Patriots loss that indeed dropped them to two and eight on the season. Remain in the basement in the AFC and among the worst teams in football. Coming up, the final segment here on the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. We'll have a quick thumbs up, thumbs down from WEEI.com. We'll also have, yes, we have to do a player of the game, even an ugly loss like this. So we will figure out the player of the game, and we'll try to maybe bang out a couple calls. 617-779-7937. This is the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Final segment of the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI. Continuing to recap and dig through the rubble of the Patriots' 10-6 loss. Yes, you heard that right. There were 16 total points scored in an NFL game that they showcased on an international stage, a stadium in Frankfurt, Germany, that the coolest thing was probably the roof closing and then collapsing itself inside the scoreboard that hangs above the field. Didn't even get a Bryce Baringer punt to hit the scoreboard today, so had that disappointment. In a few minutes, we'll talk about Bryce Baringer and actually the thumbs up, thumbs down from WEEI.com. But before we do that, I want to head back to the phone line, 617-779-7937, where we've had some very patient listeners uh, as we went through our interviews with Rich Keefe, Mike Cadlick, and Christian Fourier. As always, you can get those on the Six Rings podcast or use the Odyssey app to rewind the show. We're going to head out to Mark in Amherst to get his reaction of Mac Jones' latest benching and all that went on with the Patriots in Frankfurt today. Mark, how are we doing today? Fine, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I got, uh, I guess, two two points. One, analysis for right right now after this game, and then two, cause for concern. And all of it stems back to Bill Belichick. Um Absolutely, uh, Mac is a shell of himself, like Christian was saying. Um, you know, we, we definitely need to consider turning the page at quarterback long-term and short-term. Um, we got to remember how we got here, though, what Bill did to him last year, and then addressing the defense, which potentially on paper was going to be amazing. When you compare Mac to the other QBs in his draft class, all the other starting QBs actually got something to work with in their tenure, whereas Mac never really had the chance. Now that doesn't translate into uh, forgiving Mac for all the mental errors, but I, I'd like to say that Bill contributed to the demise of Mac's confidence and accuracy um, by never really having a chance, coupled with last year and this year. The other cause of concern and reason to let go of Bill sooner rather than later is um, – you know, we're all saying either Marvin Harrison Jr., like Fitzy's saying, or uh, I'm not Fitzy, um, Keith, or uh, like we need a QB. Um, in the back pages, what's going under the radar is where the Patriot scouts are going or not going. And just to show you where their lack of understanding is for what the offense needs, they sent three scouts to the uh, Michael Penix, uh, Bo Nix game back in October. They haven't sent any scouts to Caleb Williams or Drake um, or, or anything that I can find, mm-hmm. and that's a real concern. That's a very that's a big concern. That like, if indeed like what um, Keith was saying, oh well, maybe they go with Bo Nix and they're already like punting on a QB first round. 
that's that's a real concern. It, it speaks to the lack of the finger on the pulse for offense. All and, right, Mark, thanks for the call. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I do think um, they may be reassessing, as Robert Kraft said today, where they're going to end up this season, and maybe they will be uh, evaluating some guys they thought maybe would be gone before they picked atop the draft. Um, but, you know, that's that's something you have to do on the fly. They could be in for some of the best players in this draft, and they probably didn't expect to be there. Uh, appreciate the call, Mark. Uh, before we uh, wrap things up here, I do need to give out the Cars for Kids Player of the Day, brought to you by Cars for Kids. If you donate your car today, it can be picked up as soon as tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or call 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. Remember, that's Cars with a K. I am going to go to... The leadoff hitter on the thumbs up over at weei.com for our player of the game, and that is Ramondre Stevenson, your running back who rushed 20 times for 88 yards. It might be a duo award with Ezekiel Elliott because those two helped you rush for 167 yards as a team. Despite the issues in the passing game and the turnovers, they tried to do their part behind once again a makeshift offensive line that actually got some push on the day. So Ramondre Stevenson in the ground game, your cars for kids player of the game elsewhere on the thumbs up thumbs down list on weei.com as i mentioned bryce Beringer, your punter four punts 62.5 yard average including a 79 yard bomb that unfortunately ended up in the end zone jelani tavai had a deflected pass yet again that was an interception for miles bryant those are the thumbs up he's thumbs down so good you can guess the thumbs-down leader. That's Mac Jones. He was benched. He threw one of the worst passes you'll ever see, and then he threw one worse than that for an interception on the next series in the red zone. Pass protection was a problem. Third-down offense was an issue, and special teams coaching. Not sure I cared for trying to block a punt with no returner back deep, but hey, you so, do you. So we should be concerned with all those people on the thumbs-down list that they're not going to be on the plane back home? Uh, yeah, the plane back home, if you were doing it based on performance, would probably be a uh, there'd be plenty of room to stretch out for guys like Stevenson and Elliott and the rest because it was a pitiful performance for the Patriots in Germany. 10-6 loss. They fall to 2-8. and eight. Mac Jones is benched again. Bailey Zappi throws his own pick. We have a quarterback controversy. We have questions as to whether the coach will be fired. I don't think that's going to happen. We have questions as to what Robert Kraft needs to be doing to lead this franchise. The Patriots are in turmoil. But every day, the Breaking Boston podcast, the Six Rings podcast, and all of your hours of WEEI sports programming will be here to break it down in the coming weeks and months. Appreciate you listening to the Six Rings postgame show. For producer Joe Braverman, for co-host Nick Fitzy-Stevens, for all our call-in guests, another loss, another day we move on. Thanks for listening.